This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, back from my grade 9 graduation, celebration, convocation, whatever uh, the term that you like most is. And I'm here to detail for you the Raptors 119-109 loss versus the Houston Rockets with James Harden and Russell Westbrook in tow. This game had a lot of ebb and flow to it, as do most games with the Rockets. It's the reason why they gave up that huge lead to the Spurs in their last game. Even though James Harden had a 50-burger, the Rockets, they rely a lot on three-pointers. They took 55 in this game tonight, hitting quite a few of them. A grand total of 22 on the night. Guys like Ben McElmore, Austin Rivers, Daniel House Jr., all playing a pretty big part in that. P.J. Tucker, of course, is a big part of the Rockets' offense most of the time. Spacing out to the corners, he had five as well. Harden was limited in this game as a scorer, but was not limited in this game overall. You could see it from early on, and the Raptors had success early on when they were trying to force the ball out of James Harden's hands. They did a really good job of that. He had only two used possessions through nine minutes of the first quarter so basically the Raptors had phased him out completely and allowed the rest of the players to play four on four in the early part of the game that meant Russell Westbrook going downhill trying to get to the rim which the Raptors were walling off then trying to do these little shovel passes to Capella when the lob wasn't there 
and that didn't work out very well for the Rockets early on. I believe it was three straight possessions where Gasol stripped Capella, the Raptors went the other way, Siakam looked really sharp early on, but the Rockets adjusted, James Harden kept making really, really good passes, reading the defense really well, and the Rockets, you know, the variance of basketball, especially in the three-point era, is it's just tough for the Raptors in this game because the Rockets, they made the swing passes, they found the open guy, 4-on-4 is obviously better for the offense than it is for the defense, less players clogging up the paint, less players at all, and just a lot more ground to cover, and the ball can do more work, and the Rockets, they let the ball do the work, and they got the ball to the corners, they got them to the open shooters wherever they were, put up 55 threes, as I said, and that was the adjustment they made. The Raptors were running a lot on defense, and that was that was where it was really tough for Pascal Siakam. You could see, even though he had a great first half in a lot of ways, you could see he wasn't hitting his full max potential offensively, and he wasn't killing the Rockets when they were switching on defense like maybe he was supposed to be doing. And the Rockets, they certainly capitalized on that as the Raptors kept getting the ball into what normally would be advantageous positions. But you saw, well, Pascal Siakam was even passing up what it looked like ISO opportunities against guys like Russell Westbrook. Harden is noted as a good post defender, and I thought that was evident in this game, even if he is maybe granted more leeway with his hands to prod, push, and pull the guys who are posting him up. But he is bad on the perimeter, and that's what made it maybe a bit disappointing that Siakam wasn't willing to take those guys into the paint at the rim because when he wanted to take Harden, it was off the bounce without slowing down and that's obviously the most advantageous way to do it but he was playing so much playing through so much space on defense and having to cover so much ground switching up top any actions trying to close out to the corner shooters that were always getting the ball on defense it was just a lot for one player to do and the Raptors leaned on him heavily in their defensive scheme and leaned on him heavily in their offensive scheme and there was obviously a drop-off at times in both. And, he, you know, I thought he had a good defensive game despite that. I thought he had a good offensive game despite that. It's just he wasn't able to capitalize in the way that we're used to seeing him capitalize. There's one play in particular in the first half when he absolutely roasted Austin Rivers in the open court, taking a very small guard off the dribble, using his speed to get to the rim. And that wasn't happening very often. But it was clear that the Raptors, that was their biggest advantage offensively. And though he was tired, they and so he was tired, and they weren't able to use that advantage as often. And that was disappointing to see. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, the Rockets did start to figure out the Raptors on defense. And the Raptors, they hung in. It was a decently close game throughout. And the Raptors, they kept pushing when they could. They would string together a few stops when they could, and if they could get enough rebounds, that was another aspect of the game that was tough in the first half, but it seemed much worse in the second. The Raptors were really trying to climb their way back into the game, and the mix of long rebounds that the Raptors couldn't get to, that combining with the Rockets hitting a slew of threes, often stringing them together, busting open a 7-point lead into 15 or taking a four-point lead and making it 11. All these things happening very quickly, and the Raptors having to reset and think, okay, 
we have to climb this mountain. Once again, we have to create misses from a defense that's working really well. We still have to run this scheme defensively that demands a lot of stamina and still maintain some energy to run sets thoroughly and with diligence on offense. And the Raptors kept going back to that hill. And genuinely, I thought they did a really great job of trying to compete and stay in the game despite a lot being asked of them. Maybe this defensive scheme wasn't the best way to go about it in this game. I know that it's tempting to think that the Rockets will fall apart without Harden. It really is, but the Raptors were giving up such high-quality looks and demanding so much running and space to be covered from their defense and not even getting exceptionally good closeouts that maybe this wasn't the scheme to go through. The Raptors have made a lot of their success this year based on how they're able to shut down stars, and they did a really good job of mitigating what Harden is good at. But there's one thing that he's exceptionally good at, and that's reading the defense. He was able to draw two defenders way above the break and allow the Rockets to work on the Raptors 4-on-4 while going downhill. And they got to do that for so many possessions tonight. And it makes you think that maybe maybe it would have been better to try and see if one of OG Ananobi or Rondé Hollis Jefferson can try and put the clamps on Harden They're both really good defenders. They've shown really high pedigree for dealing with stars, whether it's LeBron, Kawhi, Dame even. There's a lot of variance to those types of players, all very different, but all stymied by Hollis Jefferson or Ananobi. And the Raptors, it seemed like, had an opportunity to try that out, see if they could really lean on one of those guys. This seemed like a prime opportunity for that, but they didn't. They went to what they've known this year, and that's to ask a cohesive and smart defensive unit to try and put the clamps on a team and that started with stopping their star from using possessions and allowing other people to create the Rockets were too good at that tonight too many people had great shooting nights and the Raptors they just got outscored plain and simple from behind the three-point line they couldn't get enough offensive rebounds long rebounds tough to box out when you're switching all the time it's just a lot to ask and the Raptors weren't able to keep up with it for the duration of the game. This was a classic Rockets win. This was a great game for the Rockets, not such a great game for the Raptors. The Raptors can walk away from this and think to themselves, okay, we saw how that worked. We've seen it work against other teams, but maybe this isn't the strategy against the Rockets. Maybe James Harden averages roughly 42 points in Rockets losses. Maybe we just let him get to 35 between 35 and 40 points with one of OG or Rondé Hollis Jefferson guarding him, see how many times he can really step back, take that triple, and then see if the Raptors can save Pascal offensively and have him cook one of Harden, Capella, um, Rivers, or Westbrook. And obviously P.J. Tucker's a very good defender. He's, He's not ideal for Siakam to ISO against, but there's lots of defenders out there, Ben McLemore as well, that... Siakam should have been able to take advantage with. The Rockets were switching pretty freely, and the Raptors not taking advantage of that with Siakam was pretty much the downfall of this game, along with how they played Harden defensively. And the second half, honestly, that was the Raptors. The aforementioned mountain, they kept meeting. They got it to 101 to 100, but the variation, the regression to the mean, kept coming back to bite them in the ass because the Raptors, quite frankly 
once again, like I've said three, four times in this podcast, they just weren't able to close out effectively enough. The Rockets were creating way too many good shots. And the Raptors, they stuck to their scheme. A lot of people were saying maybe change it up at halftime defensively. I thought that might be a good idea. But the Raptors obviously felt they were only down 10 at halftime. You feel like you haven't played well offensively. You haven't hit super good. You haven't hit a good amount of shots. So you think we're only down 10. We haven't hit our shots that we usually hit. Let's run it back. Let's see if our offense can catch up to our defense. And let's go. But the the defense was bleeding into the offense as far as the stamina goes. The same problems that the Raptors were having. They just kept on having offensively. OG Ananobi in his time on the court was really good because Marcus All could come up and find him cutting on the baseline. He was really active around the rim, and I thought he was really good tonight. Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, all of them pretty good tonight. It's just the Raptors. The defense, it seemed like, and it's tough to say this, that the scheme was wrong for tonight. If you have 19 from Lowry, 20 from Van Vliet, 24 from Pascal, 9 from OG, 14 from Powell, it's... It's tough to say that the offense is what did it. It was definitively the defense in this one. The Raptors not being able to rebound. The Raptors giving up so many open threes. And basically just not being able to contain the Rockets. And conceding so many looks because they're trying to put a cap on James Harden. Which they did. But James Harden, he outgamed the Raptors defense tonight. And the Raptors, you know, they've relied on being able to outgame offensive players they did it to Dame Kawhi LeBron etc they've been very good at it Luka Doncic did the same type of thing that Harden did when the Raptors played the Mavericks except the Dallas supporting cast didn't shoot as well but Doncic and Harden both were making the pass just as the help side defender was coming to double and they're letting him get just far enough away from it that they can't recover in time and then it's just a snowballing effect from there and the Raptors kept dealing with the same problem over and over again that's why this podcast probably sounds a bit repetitive because the Raptors it was always the same what was happening first second third fourth quarter exact same blueprint the Raptors when they start making and mounting a comeback that was stringing together defensive rebounds getting out on the run being able to get to the rim And for the Rockets, when they strung together their runs, it was hitting threes or getting offensive rebounds, getting a ton of possessions, being able to put up 55 triples. And the Raptors, quite frankly, they just can't deal with that. That's too much, especially if the Rockets are going to hit 22 threes. It's really hard to keep up with that pace. The Reggie Evans Award goes to Pascal Siakam tonight because I can't imagine having to run that much I have done a half marathon, I have tried a lot of long distance running, but even what Pascal did tonight looks extremely exhausting to me, and he still poured in 24 points, 9 rebounds, and I know there is going to be a group of people who are pretty disappointed that he wasn't able to go at the Rockets over and over and over again, but having watched the game, I gotta tell you, what they were asking him to do defensively was a lot, especially if the ball is going to be funneled to him offensively for him to isolate it's not like they're creating shots for him where he's coming off curls and headed downhill they're getting switches above the break finding pascal and saying okay my guy take it to the rim go against these smaller guards and these are strong smaller guards there's a lot of resistance and pascal just a tough game but he kept going at it and 
I know some people are disappointed with this, but tough whistle for Pascal tonight. He kept playing through everything. I I was happy with what he did, especially when you consider how much work he was doing offense, sorry, defensively. And I genuinely think the scheme defensively is what did them in tonight. I don't have a problem with any player's performance, to be quite honest with you. The Mitchell Robinson Award goes to Ben McElmore. And because I think he fancied himself as a villain in this game, specifically because the Raptors opted out of his contract last year, Ben McElmore could have won a chip but didn't end up signing with the Raptors. And I think that that might have motivated an 8-for-17 game from downtown, which was pretty absurd from Ben McElmore. And any guy who comes in and bangs eight triples against the Raptors is going to look quite villainous to me anyway. The top quick reaction comment is from TR6 saying, Breaking the combo of Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and Chris Boucher is hurting us. That bench combo used to give us energy and lift up the offense slash defense. Yeah, I think that um, that's fair. Maybe I thought Terrence Davis played well. Rondé Hollis Jefferson had a smaller role in this one than we've seen in a few games. Obviously, with Serge Ibaka's return, that is something we're all going to notice. How are these guys fitting in? Chris Boucher only playing three minutes himself. We're, we're used to seeing these guys come punch in some points and bring a lot of energy on offense and defense, as you said. If that is truly the way forward for the Raptors, I'm not really sure. I'm also not sure how the Raptors accommodate for players who are probably better than those three while also sticking in those three as a three-man unit and letting them play. Even though Chris Boucher, I like him a lot, I don't know if he's better than Serge Ibaka. Terrence Davis, I, there's a reason he played the most out of those three players. I thought he was good tonight. His willingness to hit shots from downtown and take them is always welcome. And he's, you know, he helps out on the glass quite a bit. And I like his energy. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, of course, is, is a menace. But trying to put those three in as a three-man unit, I think, is... Pretty difficult. The Raptors have a whole season to look ahead and to try things out. They obviously didn't in this game. And I, I don't think it's about Terrence Davis, Rondé Hall, Jefferson, and Chris Boucher playing together. I think it's about the defensive scheme where the Raptors allowed 55 attempts from downtown and a lot of them wide open. And that's just, hey, these are NBA players. They're going to hit open shots a lot of the time. The Raptors had a, a tough time trying to get out for the closeouts. As I said a million times on this podcast, I'm repeating myself and I sound dumb but that's how I feel about that although to your to your point I do love watching that three-man lineup there is something wonderful about watching a gritty team try and get after it and Terrence Davis Rondé Hollis Jefferson Chris Boucher all sharing the floor does embody that ethos just being gritty getting after it with length and tenacity and it's it's a bit of a shame to not see them together but we all knew this was coming Obviously, Chris Boucher is not going to get minutes over Serge. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson won't get minutes over Serge either, unless the rest of the season shapes up in a way different way than most people are expecting. Serge Ibaka is still a good player, so and he's coming back from injury, as is Kyle Lowry. Nick Nurse has to see these guys through it, because that represents the real ceiling of this team. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's disappointing not to see them play like that. I like seeing them play as a three-man unit as well, but... I don't think that was the reason the Raptors lost. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Um, there's a lot of good basketball in this game. And the Raptors have the 76ers up next, 
who just lost to Washington. So it's not all that bad. Sky definitely isn't falling. The Raptors, they'll be okay. Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka round into form. The team will regain its identity after they've introduced the, the players who were injured, and they'll come out of this looking better than we expected, I'm sure. Uh, thank you for listening once again. I've been Samson Folk. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.